Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. So what's up? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, um, here chilling with my best friend. I was going to um, be stupid and be like, oh, and who's that? <laughs> who's that bitch? <laughs> okay, that was aggressive. I apologize. <laughs> um, how's, uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. We are in the final countdown. Oh, yeah. One more day of school until I'm on spring break. And it's cute that the kids think they're more excited about spring break than I am. (laughs) Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to have a week off from you. And I'm in my head, I'm like, mutual fucking feelings, man. (laughs) I'm I myself am looking forward to a little R and R. Right. But yeah. Away from you, Hellions. Yeah, no shit. I'm excited. I cannot wait. And then I, um, you know, I'm just running around like a crazy ass motherfucker. And here I am. Well, good times. So yeah, what are you up to today? Well, you know, uh, before we get any further, this is Booze and Ghouls, episode 62. I'm Alana. I'm Leanne. And um, well, I was going to say, what are you drinking? But we're both drinking the same thing again. However... Would you like to tell us what about a little bit about what we're drinking? I would. It is an Angry Orchard um, number peach mango. That's Angry Orchard hard fruit cider. Yeah. So it's not even it's not the it doesn't have any apple in it. It's just peach mango. I think it's really good. good. I didn't know they had these different flavors until we saw them. Huh? Have we drank these before? I mean, I know we have because they're in our fridge in like. Yes. So I I got them. Yeah, I got them for the Super Bowl. And we had we drank. We we each had two, I think. And there were two left. So I brought them home. And we just have not had a chance to have them again. But I really like them. I think Um, that we should try. And you know what? I forgot. We forgot to do a TikTok, but we went to saturday night um and had the new ciders that so they have blake's there. blake's blake ciders yes they were really good i had uh i liked i think i liked the triple jam the best which was the three Same. different berries mm-hmm. that's my favorite too but the I strawberry really lemonade that. was also good and then there's a regular apple one and then there's a what is it mango habanero yeah, something Which that is, I didn't love. Yeah, I don't care for that one as much because I feel like the habanero hits you right in the throat. And, and, and I don't necessarily like that all the time. Like, I like a good, you know, like, pineapple jalapeno. I think I've had a pineapple jalapeno margarita or something before, and that was really good. But it's like, it can't hit me right in the throat where I feel like I want to cough. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't want to be that person, but I think uh, Nicki Minaj was, when she was saying, 
I want to gag. I want to choke. I want you to hit that dangly thing that swing in the back of my throat. <laughs> I don't think she was talking about the mango habanero hard cider because <laughs> that shit hits me right there. And it's not a good, it's not a good thing. We'll oh, it doesn't that. feel good at all. <laughs> no, it's no, zero out of five stars. <laughs> Would not recommend. That's so funny. Which is funny because they're all so good. All the yeah, the rest so of them good. are really good. I mean, and it's not a bad flavor. It just is the, it just hits you right there. And I, it's, I don't care for that. Yeah. Not to, down, say, not, I, not to say, you know what? I'm not even to say that now. I wouldn't drink one again because I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hated it, but I, I'm definitely I ready to hate it. Again. <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was I, like I said, the flavor was good. I just didn't like how it hit the back of my throat. But if I well, got to like, drinking and I thought, mm, you know what I could have right now was a mango habanero cider, then I would have that one. <laughs> too funny. Too funny. So what are you up to these days? Um, well, you know, today I actually went out of the house for a little bit and I, Oh, did you, I wondered why you had makeup on. Well, no, this is actually because I decided to take my Uber picture today so that I can, Oh, okay. but for whatever reason, I think I might have to chat somebody over there because I started signing up like several months ago and I had uh-huh. stalled in the process. Cause I didn't want to take a picture, like whatever. Which is so but, funny because my picture is haggard. Anyway, so I finally just took my picture. I'm like, oh, I, I just need to get sober with so I can start driving for Uber and shit. And um, it says that my background check is still pending. Yeah, it'll take a couple. Well, wait, no, you said you did it months ago. Yeah, when I first started mm-hmm. signing up, and it says it'll take. It takes about a week. So I'm like, yeah. Um, well, my background check don't still be pending. a criminal, I guess. I- <laughs> I'm like, I I'm guess. not, I don't have any, I don't have any criminal history. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a, I have one ticket from when I was uh, in Florida, but I don't think that that is like a, like that'll prevent you from driving for Uber. I don't know. Maybe it no. does. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, anyway, I, mean, I get those, I get those tickets that take pictures of your license plate all the time and I never pay them. No, this was for this was I, a little more serious than that. <laughs> I'm being totally if I'm being I'm being funny. I was not that I never pay them, but I have gotten a couple that I have um ignored. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't have I don't I don't have time for the bullshit right now. I just really don't. <laughs> no, I, mean, I totally get that. I can send you a picture of sixty dollars if you want. You can send me a picture of my license plate, I'll send you a picture of sixty dollars. <laughs> Can you like, imagine that's stupid. How, uh, how mad that person would be when they opened up the thing and they got a picture of 60 <laughs> like a picture of 60 it's like an iou oh it's my gosh like that's so like, funny no like, I how guess- can you get in trouble for something like you like that's not fair if the cop didn't see it it didn't happen <sighs> so angry <laughs> if the cop didn't see you it didn't happen it didn't you happen. heard it here you first. heard it here first <laughs> Only for like petty crimes. I'm not talking about like rape and shit, but and murder. But oh my god! If the cop didn't see you run a red light, you didn't run the red light. I'm okay? going to have to edit all of this out. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'll just leave it in and be chaotic like that. Why not? Why not? Why the hell not? Um, I, I guarantee you, in... most everyone listens to us agrees. I I did leave in um. Ollie's fun noises that he made last week and I had several comments that people enjoyed it so well yeah he's adorable what's not to love but no so I did get out of the house today and I what Uh I was gonna say is because I had um 
I had a free drink from Dunkin' Donuts in my Ooh. in my rewards oh, yes. app. So I went and I drove right past the gym and I said, hello, Jim, I'm not com- going in today. Right. Hello, goodbye. And I got my large iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and came nice. back home. I really wanted to get a coffee too. And I like just did not have time. And not too soon work, I was like, it started raining as soon as I got back. So I told my kids we could go out for recess. And then I went to go get them from lunch and I looked outside and it was just like pouring down rain. I was like, mm, well, I guess that's not a thing that's going to happen. They were so mad. Um, yeah, they were like, it's raining. I'm like, well, you're like, well, I can't control the weather. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Cry, cry. (laughs) With every tear, I become more powerful. (laughs) (laughs) I did tell the one kid today, he was like, because they like to eat lunch with me. Like, that's a thing, you know? So like, like once a week, I'll let a couple of them eat lunch with me. And so the one day I let two of them eat lunch. Well, the one that likes to eat lunch normally, he, he didn't get to. And he was like, I'm coming back up here after I get my lunch. I'm like, I only, I'm only taking two people right now. I'm only taking two people at a time. He's like, no, I mean, I'm coming back up here. He's like, you can let me stay up here now or I'm coming back up here. And I was like, I do not negotiate with terrorists. That <laughs> <laughs> was funny. He laughed. I mean, he got it. That is the nice part of having the older kids. They get the humor. Dude, I um I have to put my bangs back because they're driving me nuts. Yeah, you just be fidgeting with them today. Well, they're get, they get in my eyes. Probably need to trim them again. I feel like I'm trimming them every damn week, but it's just like my thing is now is that I don't want to grow them out yet because like I just cut them in October, but I want my I want to grow my hair out long enough so that I can have the long hair with the bangs, you know, and see how it looks. Mm-hmm. So that's try I'm trying to like stick through with it until then, and then I can grow them out again if you want, if I want, because like I always do this thing where. I decide to get bangs and I think it's going to be a good idea. And I give myself bangs and then I'm like, I hate bangs. That's literally so everyone. I, t- I swear that's everybody. They're like, and then oh, I, I'm going to get bangs. And, and then I like, grow no. them out. And then I have the, I have it all grown out for a while. And I'm like, you know what? I, I think I should get bangs again. <laughs> it's like a cycle. Classic, classic. But oh, yeah. So, um, today is an even numbered episode. So, um, you would be going first today if you'd like to hop right into your story. I will hop right in. Um, okay, so my story is a cl- I told you last night it's a classic. Oh, that's right. You said it was a classic. I couldn't remember what you said about it. But yeah, I- it's, it's a classic, but it's only really a classic because um, it's, it's a classic because obviously like a lot of people have heard about it. But the reason why I'm doing it is um, because... I, um, well, shit, maybe I'll just say, maybe I'll just start talking about it and then I'll tell why I picked it. Um, okay. So anyway, today I'm going to talk about the mysterious and not even mind boggling. Cause I think everybody knows what happened. It's just like, where is he? The disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a really, um, this is a really, there's a lot of components to this that I was not aware of. Like I watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode on it, which is like uh-huh. pretty much the only the only place that I have any information about this from. So um, super interesting. Yeah, but there was, and a lot I was of the stuff same I didn't way. Know. I was the same way at first, actually. Like I had only ever seen that one. Okay, well, so okay, let me start. So the reason why I chose this one is because today we're recording after I rushed home after because I'm actually the union rep for my building. 
And then, um, so I remember like my dad never really, like my dad, like, like growing up, like conspiracy things, like weren't a thing, you know, what? And, like um, oh, conspiracy, conspiracy and stuff like that. Like, I remember like my dad, like never talked about shit like that. And, um, but I remember they told you, huh? He was like, you just believed whatever they told you. Right. And he's like, don't ask questions. <laughs> um, but like he, you know, it wasn't like, we never really talked about like crime, like true crime or anything like that really. And I do remember this one time we were talking and my dad said something and he was like, oh, you know, that person keeps talking. They're going to end up wearing cement boots in the bottom of the ocean, like Jimmy Hoffa. And I was like, oh, and I was like cement boots. Cause I'm very literal. Mm-hmm. Or at least I used to be more. I'm not as much now, I think, but I used to be a lot more. And I was like cement boots. Like, what are you talking about? And then like, he had to explain to me like who Jimmy Hoffa was and like, you know, like why he said cement boots. And, um, so I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, I, I was just thinking about my dad and I'm like, I miss my dad. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about Jimmy Hoffa. Well, I'm excited for you to Well, talk. and I think it's an interesting story too, because like, obviously his disappearance and stuff is interesting, but also just the whole, the whole thing of him in the union is interesting to me being that, you know, both of my parents were, worked for a place that had a union and like, I work for a place that has a union, you know? So it's just interesting on top of just it being a cool story, yeah. the whole union thing, like how he started is interesting. Yeah, that is that. Yeah, it is. So his name is James Riddle Hoffa. Um, and so he grew up um, and the Wait, kind of the James Riddle Hoffa Riddle Hoffa Riddle R-I-D-D-L-E. That's kind of a baller name. I know. Right. It ain't bad. Um, and so anyway, so what's interesting about him is that he um, he was uh, growing up. He actually started kind of like doing union organizational work kind of like at a lower level when he was a teenager, he actually was at a grocery chain and he actually, um, he was getting, they were getting shitty pay and being uh, poor working conditions and all that stuff. And he was like, so displeased with the situation that he, he organized a union to like better it. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So it's really cool. So he's actually started this in a long, you know, started this very early. And so even though he was young, um, I, I read this thing and it was like his courage and approachability, uh, impressed a lot of people. And he, like rose to leadership quickly. So he, um, you know, obviously being a teenager and stuff, he had formed that union at the grocery store, but apparently it just like was not working. So he moved on and then he just kind of started, became, uh, you know, helping things, helping people. And, um, uh, eventually he was invited to become an organizer for the teamsters. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, what the, the teamsters, I'm sure you've heard of them. I've heard of them. I don't know, know exactly what they are or what they do, but. So the teamsters is a huge ass union, um, of truck drivers. Okay. And so essentially like semi truck drivers or. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that, like big transportation shit. Okay. And so, um, back in the day, uh, the Teamsters were such a big deal. Like 90% of transportation went through the Teamsters. Wow. So it was like hard at that time to organize unions, um, and organize, you know, the stuff like that, especially for such a massive, uh, massive thing, such as the Teamsters. So it was like, Hoffa was kind of like, almost like a celebrity because he eventually wound up that he was, um, he became the president of the Teamsters. 
And so like, even just in my small area, I know like the president of our union, like he does a lot of shit and in the community and stuff. So I can't even imagine the teamsters who are literally running 90% of the transportation in the country. I mean, he had to have been a very big deal. Yeah. You know, so, um, about 1958, he began, he started, uh, becoming the, uh, teamsters president. And so what happened is, um, so they, it all started out actually because he had no, and I apologize because this is not correct because I'm thinking, okay, hold on a second. You might have to take that out. I'm, I'm an idiot. Okay. So anyway, so he was, he, um, he was a teamsters president earlier than that. I don't know why I said 1958. Cause I'm an idiot, I guess. Um, oh, so I didn't I, even pay attention to the year. So you're good. <laughs> I mean, so other I, people will, but yeah, I wasn't one of those people. Cares. What are years really? What is time really? What is time? Um, so in 1941, um, the, the teamster started moving, um, you know, obviously around. And so a lot of the big teamster things started, um, in Detroit and in the surrounding area. Well, apparently there was some bad blood and the teamsters kind of found themselves like in a turf battle with, an, with truck driver, truck drivers in that area in Detroit. And so, okay. and I don't know all the ins and outs of like what their issues were, what their fight was about. I don't know anything about that. I just know that they kind of find themselves in an issue and, um, this is when Hoffa kind of decided that like he needed like a leg up and started, uh, like kind of trying to take care of his rivals because if he didn't, they were going to get pushed out and they were going to lose like a lot of ground as the, is the union, you know, as the union does, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, they, they were going to lose ground, working conditions were going to go down and they were going to kind of lose this battle to the, to the, to this other Detroit group. Mm-hmm. So he decides he enter the mob uh, enter the fucking mob which i mean don't get me wrong i fucking love a good mobster i really do and i feel like um we talked about this before about like how you how you think you'd make a good mob wife 110 percent, i would make the best mob to all you mobsters out there who are looking for lady love let me just <laughs> tell you i would be the best mob wife ever i can cook i can keep a secret and I, um, I'm definitely like, I'm down to clown. Like I'll feed all you fuckers, like bring over all the guys, their wives. I'll cook you up a good meal. I'll wash the blood out of your shirt and I can keep a fucking secret. I'll wash the blood out of your shirt. I can't with you. (laughs) I, I would be the perfect mob wife. I've said this many times anyway. So I would be the perfect mob wife. Keep that in mind. Anyone who's listening. Um, so anyway, so, uh, so he decides he's gonna, he's gonna start getting with the mob. So of course we all know you and I know that, you know, the mob is kind of seems to be one of these things where it's like, it might start off like, Hey, I need you to do this thing for me. I'm going to pay you to muscle this guy, or in this case, muscle this group. So the teamsters can get a foothold. But as you kind of know, that's not how things go for very long without it being an issue. Cause you know, like it is the mob they start off helping you out, helping you out and you're paying them. Well, then when you're done paying them, they're not done getting your money, you know? Uh And, um, so (laughs) this is kind of where things started to take a problem. So the mob saw this as a huge opportunity. I mean, the teamsters were massive, right? You know I mean? They were like a huge organization. So they actually were starting to get on, uh, Hoffa's good side. Yeah, we'll help you out. We'll muscle these people out. And in return, you're going to let us take loans out of your pension fund 
the Teamsters pension fund. That sounds like not a great idea. Yeah. And then that's how this is going to go. Well, at first it kind of started out, you know, they were taking money and this is a crazy part, which if you've never been to Vegas, I would highly encourage you when you go to Vegas to go to the mob museum. Um, I mean, I've already been, but I would totally go again. And it's really well, yeah, cool we need to, to go Because we got to go to um, Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum too. Definitely. Um, yeah. And like, it's just, it's such a cool museum and it's really neat to see like how all these mobsters got started and stuff. And so what they were doing is they were taking out these loans out of this pension fund and actually building casinos in Vegas. And so I guess like kind of when it first started, things were pretty good, right? Like the Teamsters were kind of getting like good, like return on investments and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then things kind of started to get a little shady. So this is where it gets kind of wild. So, so Hoffa, he was kind of like, I don't want to say playing both sides, but he was kind of like, he probably in his mind was like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? But you know, sometimes when you get so far into something, you're just kind of like, well, shit, this is my life now. Like I'm going with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so Hoffa, um, in 1957, he already had kind of like started facing some criminal investigations in March of 1957, he was arrested for trying to bribe somebody. So that's like the whole thing though. Like that, like that is straight mafia mentality. Like I will bribe you. And if you can't take a bribe, I'll kill you. Like that's, that's it. Like, you know, so he already got in trouble in 57 for taking, uh, like trying to get to bribe somebody. Um, and then he was denied, uh, he got actually, I guess he, he was later acquitted on those charges, but then from that, it kind of put him on the, uh, the government's radar and he was, um, he was, uh, continued to like find, get indicted for more things. So this is also kind of just interesting. Um, so when JFK was elected in 1960, he had his younger brother, Robert Kennedy was the attorney general. Mm-hmm. And I guess like Robert Kennedy and I never knew this, but he was like, I guess he was like, had tried a lot to convict Hoffa of things and like catch him. Like kind of, I think they would do with like all the mobsters, you know, trying to get him on like tax evasion or whatever they mm-hmm. could get him on. Um, and so Kennedy kept trying to like really take down organized crime. And I guess like his slogan or whatever was get Hoffa. That was oh, like really? his, his goal. Yeah. That's crazy. And so in 1963, Hoffa was again indicted, uh, jury tampering in Tennessee, bribery, trying to bribe a grand jury member after that. Yeah. Um, so he was convicted in 1964 and he was sentenced to eight years in prison while he was on bail because he was being uh, appealed or appealing his charge, his, um, his conviction. He was convicted. When you said he was being appealed, I really wanted to make a banana joke, but I could have, that's a missed opportunity. (laughs) I couldn't think of it fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so he had, well, he was, you know, awaiting bail on his first appeal. Banana. (laughs) 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 I'm just just not there. It's just not there. You know what? Sometimes it's not, and that's okay. (laughs) Banana. (laughs) Um, insert your own appeal joke there. Um, so he was convicted for in a second trial in Chicago in 64 on mail, wire fraud, all this shit, improper use of the Teamsters pension funds, and sentenced to another five years in prison. So he kept appealing, appealing, appealing. No, nothing's gonna help you. He gets sentenced to 13 years uh in prison, eight years for bribery, five years for fraud. So while he's in prison, he's still kind of trying to run things in prison, but that's not really going to work. So this guy 
with the last name of Fitzsimmons is the one who becomes the president of the Teamsters. And according to this other, I watched this little like mini documentary and apparently Fitzsimmons was like a yes man. Okay. Uh. So the mob kind of started really liking him because I guess Hoffa, like he was, and if it's any indication of like the person that we have, like a pres- the president we have of our union, like they're like a bulldog. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're not taking shit from anybody. They're tough. They're not dealing. So I think the mobsters were really kind of liking this Fitzsimmons guy because he was kind of like a yes man and kind of yeah. would roll over and do whatever they wanted. Right. Um, and so before where, you know, maybe at first when they started with Hoffa, he's like, yeah, we'll give you these loans, but you know, you're going to pay us off back this and this. And he was maybe a little more on top of it. I think Fitzsimmons kind of rolled over, like kind of just let him do whatever they wanted to. Well, so this is really, so this is where it gets cool. Okay. So in 1971, he had been, he'd served, Hoffa served about five years of his prison sentence and he was released from prison when Nixon commuted him time served. Oh, Okay, so this is where it gets like real fucking wild. Okay, so he he was he was um he was uh, you know commuted his sentence was commuted. He gets out of prison, and then Nixon, all of a sudden, he's a Republican. Nixon's a Republican in '72 gets the Brotherhood of Teamsters, International Brotherhood of Teamsters, that massive union, endorsed Nixon who's a Republican and they had never, like they always support pretty much Democrat nominees, but they endorse Nixon. Interesting. So like, so I, this one thing I watched and I, I was going to like play it for you, but the, the audio is so horrible. It just like, doesn't even matter, but there's like tapes. Nixon was like in bed with the mafia. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and, he had, he had, you know, obviously Watergate was the yes. that got him kicked out or yes. not kicked out. He had to resign in disgrace, but, um, yeah, I think that was just the tip of the iceberg. Yes. So they, so apparently what happened is, so a couple things were happening. So first off, I guess they were saying like, they, hey, we want, we want um, Fitzsimmons. So, okay. So the tapes were playing, that were playing was uh, Nixon talking to this other guy. And the other guy was essentially telling Nixon, hey, we want, we want to get Hoffa out of prison. Fitzsimmons, who was the leader of the Teamsters at the time, the president, he's like, we want to get, um, because like the people who were like pro Hoffa, like they weren't going to be happy until he got out of prison. Mm-hmm. So Fitzsimmons essentially is like telling, um, Nixon, but he wasn't the one talking to him. Someone else was like, Hey, we need you to get, uh, get Hoffa. He wants Fitzsimmons wants Hoffa out of prison, but with strings attached. Oh, okay. So Nixon commutes his sentence, but tells him in um he commutes his sentence, but he is not allowed to participate in any union activities for about 10 years, 1980. Wow. So at this time, also too, um, they're kind of uh looking into the fact that with those tapes, that there was definitely money exchanging hands, and Nixon was pretty much it's pretty I think it's pretty much obvious at this point that he was getting bribed by the mob oh yeah and he was taking money and he took money to commute Hoffa sentence well there also during this time he um I just was thinking about isn't Nixon famous for saying something like I'm not a crook or whatever not a crook yeah right yes Uh, that was him the same way like Bill Clinton said I did not have sexual relations (laughs) we all have our we're on a little fiblet now and again (laughs) I mean (laughs) 
Also, I think it's important to note at this point. Also, have you ever seen that movie with Kirsten Dunst? Yes. And it's called Dick. I'm pretty sure we saw that together. Such I feel a like freaking good movie. Such I don't movie. remember it very well because I saw it in the theater and not again since. But it was just like, oh my gosh, I used to have they, it on VHS, man. They had it. They like they like got conned in, into being well they just like found themselves in in this trouble that just kept heaping up and then they were wound up being deep throat <laughs> yes and they were like and the best part was when she they were like um they well first off they made those weed cookies because her she thought it was like some kind of spice or something that her brother kept in with the nuts but really it was weed but she didn't know what it was that's so funny and so they kept making these hello dolly cookies and then she I remember the one part of the movie they were they he was gonna get busted Nixon was gonna get busted and so they were they're like gonna make outfits and go like essentially razz him as he's getting kicked out of office and they're like they take all these flags and they're about to cut them in the girls the one girl's like wait isn't it disrespectful to cut cut up the flag they're like isn't it illegal to cut them yeah and she's like not if you sew it back together they're just like make those outfits and then they have that big sign that says you suck dick oh my gosh i loved that movie i had it on vhs it was amazing it was such a good movie but anyway so all that to say like nixon was crooked as hell and so um i had never made that connection like i never knew any of this this none of this did i know so like hoffa essentially got out of prison got out of prison and Nixon's like, okay, you get out of prison, but you can't be involved in anything union by until 1980, which kept Fitzsimmons in office. Now, also, I saw this other thing, and I didn't investigate it too hard, so I'm not saying it's fact at all. But I saw this other thing in that same one with the tapes that they were showing. Mm-hmm. They kind of said that maybe the mafia, like that Nixon had uh, kind of like gotten the mafia to do um, some like break into places and stuff for Watergate like that whole scandal he had gotten the mafia involved Mm -hmm. and that was another reason why like when he let when he let Hoffa out of prison that he had that clause that he couldn't go into union stuff because the the mob really liked having Fitzsimmons at the helm yeah so um yeah so anyway so at so in 1975 it comes out that um so this is so he gets out in 1971 so in 1975 the teamsters find out that someone has robbed the teamsters of hundreds of millions of dollars and you know obviously that's a big deal so then we get into um sorry hold on because i just clicked on my things too much so that was you do this like once once an episode (laughs) it happens to me and i don't know why my hands just get excited Really, I was like reaching down to itch my foot and then I just accidentally clicked the button because I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I struggle. I struggle so hard. So then we're going to fast forward to July 30th, 1975. Hoffa, according to his family, I guess he like wrote a note to his wife or something. He said, hey, I'm meeting these two guys at the Match- Matches Red Fox, which was Bloomfield Township, I believe, like kind of close to Detroit. So he's going to meet these two guys at, a, at the restaurant. And he, he's kind of at this point, like wanting to get back in the mob, like he or getting back into the teamsters. Like he, he don't give two fucks about what Nixon says, I guess. Like, he's like, I, I itching to get back in, which I can understand. Cause I think once you have all that power and notoriety and stuff, it probably is hard to just go back to like nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so he told him he was supposed to meet these two guys at two o'clock. That's what he had told his wife in a note. Um, there's, and I love it because these aren't like, these guys are just like fucking mobsters, you know? Anthony in his name they called him Tony Jack Tony Gia Jack. Cologne and then Anthony Tony Pro Provenzano like tell me these are not perfect fucking mobster names 
Um, so he was apparently supposed to meet them. Tony pro was a mobster era was a teamster, but also both of these guys were mobsters. So of course, um, they go on or whatever. He's supposed to meet him. He's supposed to meet him and they never show up. Supposedly they never show up. Um, so they like the wife, you know, obviously doesn't see him next morning, July 31st, Hoffa's car is found in the parking lot of the restaurant. And so then we're like, oh, they're like, oh shit, he's missing. So they investigate. The wife says, oh, they were supposed to meet, supposed to meet Tony Jack and Tony Pro. Well, Tony and Jack and Tony Pro are going, no, we never said we were going to meet with them. And, uh, you know, you got to think this is back before cell phone records, shit like right. that. Um, so Tony Jack uh, said, oh, he was at this club or some type of like an athletic club. And apparently he was seen talking to a whole bunch of people, which is like a big red flag. I know in the, the BuzzFeed episode, Shane was like, oh yeah, that's perfect. You don't know somebody. So you just walk around like a crazy person, like talking to everybody. So everybody can be like, oh, he was there. I saw him talking. Right. Um, and he's, uh, uh, so anyway, so, um, he said he wasn't there. And then Tony pro was actually not even in Michigan at the time. I guess he did have an alibi. He was in New Jersey with his brother at a union hall playing cards. So they don't show up, whatever. There are a couple, like, I guess there were like five witnesses that came forward saying they saw Hoffa, like in the parking lot, kind of pacing around looking like he was waiting for somebody. Then a couple more witnesses came forward and said they saw, um, saw Hoffa get into a burgundy mercury marquee with three men. So that's pretty much them saying they saw him getting that marquee the last time he was ever found alive. So um, it's crazy. You know, the thing is, is like everybody pretty much, I mean, there is a small, I'll say there is a small group of people who think he faked his own death. I can't really get behind that. And trust me, you know how I feel about Tupac. Totally think Tupac's still alive. I don't think Jimmy Hoffa is still alive. No, I mean, it's um, obvious that well, obviously not now, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he, he I don't think he faked his own death. I think no, he, but I mean, it's obvious that the mob, killed him yeah dead men tell no tales we just don't know what happened to him exactly and i think so and i think the main the main component of this is kind of interesting because it's like i think everybody can kind of agree the mob kills him they killed him and i think probably most likely because he probably was like if i'm not getting back into if you guys aren't going to let me back into the teamsters I'm going to go public with what I know. Right. Mm-hmm. And the mob would have been, you know, on the hook for all these Which hundreds really, of millions of dollars that got, they got stolen. Right. If he's, if, but if he's making those kind of, like, I feel like he got too big for his britches. Agreed. Because if you're making those kind of threats to the mob, you know what's going to exactly. come. Exactly. You know? Like, you know what's going to happen. Exactly. And what I think is a lot of like a God complex, like we talk about with athletes and people like that. It's like, um, you know, people get a God complex when they start getting fame and money. And I mean, I saw this other documentary that I was looking at and they were saying like, he was like a household name. You know, I mean, the Teamsters were this massive group. Everybody knew who he was. He was recognizable. I mean, if you're talking about just a random restaurant in Detroit and there were at least what, eight, eight people that were like, oh yeah, I saw him outside. I mean, he had to have been pretty much kind of a celebrity. Right. And so if you're talking about, you know, knowing all this stuff, you've got a God complex. You don't think anyone can touch you. You started off, you know, this little grassroots movement way back in the day, joining forces with your, your uh, grocery store peeps. And now you're like, you fucking think you're in the mafia. And I know a lot of people probably, I don't know that this is true because, you know, I haven't met my mafia husband yet, (laughs) but (laughs) um, I mean, I, in my assumption, I think there's a lot of people that do shit with the mob and they think like they're badasses because they do shit with the mob, but the mob's like, you're not family. Right. You know, like we're paying you or you're paying us, but like, or not, we're not paying you, but you're paying us for protection or something. That don't mean you're shit. 
no. But I think back, I think you, he probably had that mentality of like, nobody can touch me because I work with the mob. Well, that's great. Except for the mob can touch you. Right. Yeah. That doesn't guarantee you safety. No, it's like, no, once they're done with you, you're done. You're done yeah. for. Um, so this one guy, this guy, uh, Charles, of course they, they call him Chucky. Cause of course, why not? Um, so I guess like somebody had maybe said they like that it was his car or something. So they did look at the car and it's just so freaking great because I just love it so much. They looked at the car. They, um, I guess there was like some blood in the car and he said, oh no, no, I was going to take some salmon, uh, picking up the salmon order and taking it. And a little bit of the salmon blood is what got in the oh, car. Oh yeah. You know, cause salmon I that happens. Don't. I hate when I have to pick up my, my salmon blood. Right. And he says, but I'm just saying like, you got some thing. salmon in there, a salmon order. One are the salmon alive when you're putting them in your car? Because that seems, are you stabbing right. the salmon? How are they? Yeah, are you like, are you like stabbing? The salmon? Their salmon is not going to produce that much blood. Right. That you're going to be, they're going to find it. And they had a uh, police dogs and the police dogs uh, sniffed all around and they found um, the scent of Hoffa in the backseat in the trunk. Mm-hmm. So there was also that, but they didn't have any, you know, any, any excuse for that. And on top of that, all of the people like Tony Pro, Tony Jack, Chucky, all of those guys, you know, all those good old boys, they um, they just pled the fifth. So they, the police like literally couldn't do anything, which is, I think, what happens a lot. You know, every if nobody's talking, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. So um, so there's a also it's like, you know, this is kind of before there was a lot of stuff that they could do about it you know like well you, that yeah that's another thing too. today yeah, you it's run like dna and prove okay he was in your car we have exactly. enough evidence to like you know arrest you or whatever but exactly and too you know yeah exactly what you just said it's like back in the day they would go oh uh hey tony pro we're gonna you know we're gonna look up your phone number and we're gonna see if you texted him and said hey meet me so-and-so place right and then back in the, you know but back in the day you'd be like no i never did that and they couldn't confirm or deny it Plus, you got to um, think some of these cops are in the mob's pocket, too. That's a whole nother thing. It's like some of these guys, they're on the take. So it's like they're not they don't you know, they're just kind of doing what they got to do. And it's just so and weird. like, really, what is it? Any, you know, skin off their whatever. If yeah. he's gone, you know, it's like exactly he was, he was a troublemaker anyway. Exactly. So that, you know, that's I mean, pretty much I think everyone would agree that the mob took him out and then so then there's a couple theories as to what happened what like actually transpired so um one theory is that uh tony pro himself is the one that ordered the hit on hoffa apparently they were in jail together or prison together for a while um and they had a big conflict when they were in pennsylvania imprisoned together and then they kind of got out and they thought like oh it was it was i think hoffa maybe thought it was no big deal but tony pro still had some some animosity toward him um another one oh and they also found a hair that belonged to hoffa in the car um so the another theory which this is so interesting have you ever heard of the ice man richard kolinsky um sorry like the term ice man sounds familiar but i don't know not by that name no i don't know so he was us he's a serial killer and a hitman um i only know of him because i took a class one of my classes I took for my master's uh, had, we watched this interview with him and I was actually really talking about like early intervention for kids that you think might have these tendencies and stuff. 
but it was interesting because he claims now he was he was a hitman for the mob and he was a serial killer like he's killed a shit ton of people but he also claims that he killed jimmy hoffa um he claimed that the uh mafia paid him for forty thousand dollars to kill him um and then they took his that yeah yeah right for back then Um, i think yeah isn't that a lot of money exactly especially when if you're in the mafia i don't know that uh kolinsky kolinsky uh did it because i know a lot of times especially these serial killers they want they're in the clout you know they want this clout and so if man if if i can get this person that's pretty common asking me yeah like there i'm not sold necessarily he yeah. said that after he killed Hoffa, he I think he said he stabbed him in the throat or something, uh, took him to a junkyard and then uh, threw him in with the with the cars and, you know, smashed him up. And he's part of a car somewhere in Japan right now were his words. <laughs> That's not how that works. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> trying to buy. I'm just not feeling that one. Anyway, another theory was Frank Sheeran. They called him the Irishman. We got the Iceman. We got the Irishman. This is kind of like a mobster Avenger situation right. going on here. Um, and so apparently, so apparently he was actually like kind of a friend with uh with what's his name with Hoffa. And so he this is interesting. So he had said, I guess he kind of knew what was going on and what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he said that Hoffa always sat in the front seat. And so when they went to pick him up at that restaurant at the Red Fox, he said like he sat in the front seat purposely to like kind of like get make Hoffa feel like okay, something isn't right here. You know, but Hoffa didn't really seem to think anything was wrong. Hopped in the car. Um, some people theorize that you like know, to the, warn him yeah like to warn like, him like don't hey get in the car. don't get in the car because he said the Hoffa always sat in the front seat and then when they went to pick him up he sat in the front seat and so Hoffa had to get in the back yeah. and then he said that almost um, some people think like he may have killed him even though he didn't really maybe want to that it was one of those where like the mob's like you either kill him or we'll kill you both right which I mean hey then you know what do you do right um it's an so- impossible situation exactly it's like what the fuck ever so anyway so in that situation they um they say that he was uh shot they took him to a house uh, kind of a couple miles away took him inside shot him uh rolled him up into a into a drum and then uh buried him wow so a lot of other people think they're that maybe they were just thrown over a um thrown into the water like i told you about my dad saying at the beginning the whole cement boots right. thing mm-hmm. um, a lot of people think yeah you know they just threw them in a barrel throw a whole shit ton of cement in there threw them in the in the detroit wait is the detroit river a thing i don't know, if the detroit, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure detroit has a river there's um <laughs> there's the there's yeah it's there's lakes yeah like, well yeah i mean yeah that's true you know? Throw, you know throw him out and he's done for so in 1982 he was declared dead they never found a body um i did watch a video from about four months ago and this is interesting there is a guy Fra- Fra- frank capola he said his dad co-owned a dump that um and his dad claimed that hoffa was buried there interesting. He's in, um so i guess it's underneath the the um in new jersey the pulaski skyway I feel like I've heard about this. Um, yeah, there's like, so I guess, so they've done some testing and stuff and this is fairly new. This video that I watched was only for like four months ago, but it was, um, it's, so it's fairly new, but apparently they were like looking and kind of trying to see if maybe there were oil drums and stuff buried underneath. And it looked like there were. So, I mean, I do think it would be badass to find out like, yeah, like just to find his body, just to be like, oh my gosh, like we found Jimmy Hoffa, yeah, that would years, be cool. you know? 
but I mean, I think pretty much everyone can agree that like he's dead and, you know, dead men tell no tales and whether, and then of course I have this crazy ass theory that like, that, um, you know, that Nixon had him killed because he was going to go public with all the, like, you know, all of his corruption and stuff, but that's probably a little far-fetched. I mean, I, you know, I like it. I like a good, <laughs> right. I mean, either way, the mob, whether it was because they knew he was like that, he was running his mouth saying he was going to talk if they didn't let him back in the Teamsters and they wanted Fitzsimmons in because he was there, the guy that they could do with whatever, you know, um, or if he just, you know, talked a little too much or shit, if he insulted some guy's wife's fucking lasagna, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like either way, dead men tell no tales. And we, to this day, don't know where Jimmy Hoffa is. Okay, so I don't know if you remember when Norm McDonald was on SNL and he used to do the weekend update. Okay. There was this bit, this recurring bit that he used to do. Anytime he was reporting something about like a building being um, like blown up or something, I don't know. It was like anytime there was anything involving like cement or something, Uh he would like look straight at the camera camera or something and he would say something about jimmy hoffa and i'm trying to remember that's now funny. What exactly he said because it used to freak me out and i was like oh that's funny i hate it when he did it um hang on just a second that's so funny i'm just trying to see if i can find it <laughs> i don't know what i can't i can't find it but he did he always he always used to do this a little bit um and I can't remember exactly what it would he be like that's or at least that's what Jimmy Hoffa thought or something like oh that. that's really funny and I'm and so anyway I can't find it now but it was no yeah it's fine it but I totally get what you're saying it was like a bit that he did <laughs> yeah it was yeah, like- I love it I don't know why I just love that like like I feel like my dad was never a person to give any type of like a credence to any like oh he's you know he's dead the mob killed him or you know what I mean like I don't right, know we right. just never had those conversations growing up and so I look back with that at, with fondness of my dad saying oh yeah he'll be in the wearing cement boots in the bottom of the ocean with Jimmy Hoffa and I was like sleeping with the fishes sleeping with the fishes (laughs) I love it so anyway that's the story of uh Jimmy Hoffa I I mean that's a it's it's definitely you know an interesting story it's full of intrigue and you know anytime you got the mob and a president involved yeah you can't go wrong man right love it love it love it love it all right, so I have a, a story, uh, a haunting to talk about today. And it's, um, have you ever heard of Alton, Illinois? Alton, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, it's a, it's a town in Illinois and it's uh, north of St. Louis. So th- actually, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, it spans missouri and illinois so it's like on the border there so there's a st louis illinois as well i didn't know that until i like- think i maybe knew that but if i did i didn't know it super well well anyway so yeah so there's a there's a place a little bit north of there called alton and it's known for being one of the most haunted cities in the midwest oh really i think is what i read but specifically because of this place that i'm going to talk about today which is called mcpike mansion um also known as mount lookout but i think mount lookout might refer more to like the land that it's built on because it's kind of like on a a bit of a hill i guess Hmm. so yeah so it's um it sits on 15 acres of land which was purchased by henry guess mcpike back in the 1800s and um it's a grand italian italian nate italian i don't know how you pronounce that but it's (laughs) 
um, either. <laughs> Victorian home um, and was built in 1869 by uh, an architect named Lucas Fleissenberger. <laughs> um, and it has 16 rooms, a basement and a vaulted wine cellar. So it's big, like it's, it's big. I'm gonna talk about later um an episode of of something where you actually see it this is a big a big place it's aptly called the mansion so this guy henry mcpike he served actually as the mayor of alton for a while and he was um a notable businessman um he did a lot of real estate things and he also was the librarian of the Alton Southern Illinois Horticultural Society in the late 1880s. He mm. was known especially for cultivating his own type of grape, like these like really big grapes. And I think they called them McPike grapes. Um, and then he was also apparently close friends with Abraham Lincoln. Like uh, one of the things I read that said he was with Lincoln when he got the news that he'd been elected president. Hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Just a little fun fact. And then he, so he died in 1910. Uh, so then the family still lived on in the house for a while, but um, in 1925, it was purchased by a guy named Paul Leichinger. Leichinger? I'm doing my, best, doing my best to pronounce these. <laughs> um, so he lived in the house, but he also rented out some of the rooms to others. And he lived there himself until his death in 1945. So like this guy and actually a lot of the McPike family actually died inside the house. So like they lived and died there on the property. Oh. Um, and then the house was abandoned for a while after there was some interest in, in demolishing it and converting the land into a shopping center. But this fell through because of zoning issues. So in the meantime, people would just come and like vandalize it and ransack it, you know, take stuff from the house, including its furnishings, wood banisters, and even the toilets. Um, so, yeah. So it's just like people like, oh, this fancy mansion is abandoned. Let's go steal things from it. And then also, as you'll find out later, maybe they also said, hey, this fancy mansion is abandoned. Let's go do some devil worshiping there. <laughs> Which is what I always say when I see abandoned mansions. Right, so right. Let's go, do some, let's go do some rituals and call up some dark shit. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's all hearsay. Obviously, it's not proven. But, you know, whenever you have an abandoned property, people will just come and do whatever the fuck they want to it. Of course. So the structure was listed on the National Register of Historic Places on June 17, 1980, but still was left in this derelict condition for a while before being purchased by its current owners, who are Sharon and George Ludke, um, in an auction in 1994. So they wanted to buy it and convert it into a hotel, like restore it, I guess, but they apparently had been, the people who were selling it at auction had not been completely truthful about all the stuff that was wrong with it so they weren't able to secure restoration grant money from any federal state or local agencies so despite this they've still been like trying to restore it but it's like an ongoing process um mm -hmm. and is funded mostly through donations and tours like they actually um started doing tours of the house like ghost tours and stuff to help fund the restoration um, and in 2017, the Alton Historical Commission presented them with an award and preservation work done on the front porch and conservatory. So like they've done, they've made some progress with it, 
but like it's still it's still not you know fully restored and according to business insider this house has been referred to as the most haunted house in the midwest and then even one of the owners sharon ludke herself has witnessed some of these spirits um she like she'll appear later on in the uh spoiler alert ghost adventures episode that i'm going to talk to you about but um here's a couple of her encounters that she's had inside the house so she was working in the garden like there's a lot of gardens and there's a lot of property and paths and things on the property and she was like looking up and in the window saw this figure of a man and he was standing by a window in the house and she was like oh my gosh you know there's nobody supposed to be in there so she went inside and looked and of course nobody was there and then she pulled out a picture of the previous owner paul leichinger and she was like he was wearing the same exact outfit as he was wearing in the picture that she had. Oh, I don't like so that. She at was all. like, oh, it was him. Cause so he, then you then you have that chill going up. You're like, right, oh. right, right. And then there's another spirit, she said, uh, is one of the former servants who she calls Sarah. And she said that one time she hugged her when she was inside the house. Oh, well, that's so nice. which is sweet, but also please don't hug me, ghosts. No, agreed. <laughs> agreed. At least always ask before you. I'd I'd like that on the record. Please don't hug me ghosts. Right. (laughs) Um, So other eyewitnesses who have come on the property have seen full bodied apparitions, heard voices and like strange noises, like things going bang, you know, where they shouldn't be. And they also have caught orbs on camera, like in photos and stuff. And I wrote, it seems there is no small number of paranormal occurrences at McPike Mansion. however i've never heard of this place neither had i i actually i not gonna lie to you i was like i want to do some a haunted place but i want to be able to watch an episode of ghost adventures so Uh i just like kind of googled some of the best episodes of ghost adventures and this appeared on there so so i'm when i get to that i'm going to be talking about that mostly but like yeah i was like this is interesting and here the, the thing is is like Anytime you have a place that's going to be old and people died in it, there's probably going to be ghosts. So there's, there's no, there's no end of like haunted buildings to talk about. Oh yeah, no, that's true. I mean, like they're everywhere. Yeah. It's just like some of them get more famous than others, but yeah, this one seems to be pretty haunted. So the most haunted room is supposedly the wine cellar. Mm. Um, People say they've heard footsteps and voices down there and then the heavy metal door that actually leads down into the cellar has been seen moving on its own like opening and closing on its own creepy also some kind of strange mist has been reported down there that like follows guests as they go through the cellar so no thank you yeah no i'm i'm not i'm not in for that it's a no for me sorry <laughs> it's just perfect <laughs> uh some people even claim that the haunts date back to the property before the mansion was even built because of uh native american spirits possibly being on the property and also residual energy from it maybe being an underground railroad underground railroad stop that's hard to say (laughs) oh especially when you've been drinking cider (laughs) the cider be getting you sometimes though so several of the spirits that haunt the mcpike mansion have been identified from old photographs and documents including sightings of mcpike's wife eleanor who i think passed away shortly after they moved in like he bought this place you know had it or bought the land had the place built they moved in then she had a baby i think and shortly after both she and the baby died oh that's sad 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you hear Athena? She's literally fucking meowing so damn loud. No, I, well, I heard her earlier. I might've heard something, but I did oh hear gosh, her meowing so earlier. Loud. Sorry. Yeah, so I that, think was, that was, say- a, that was an outburst. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. I think people even say they hear like children crying sometimes or, you know, baby crying. I thought you meant in my room when I'm recording. I was like, that's not true. (laughs) Yes, there's there's definitely a child ghost that haunts your room while we're recording. The record to show I'm not making children cry in my room. (laughs) No, in the house. Um, And then also Henry McPike himself has also been seen um, wandering around the estate. They also also people say they smell strong cigarette smoke, which was attributed to Paul Leichinger, who smoked heavily apparently. And he's been seen around, like I said, by Sharon, um, but also other people. And they they will just like go through and smell the smoke and no one around there has been smoking. Like the building has been smoke free mm. for a long time. So other eyewitnesses say they see the McPike children as well as a woman in a green dress who can be seen on the stairs. So lots of spirits roaming around here. And like I said before, the owners do give regular ghost tours as a way to help raise funds for the continued renovations to the home. If you go to the official website, which I said, look straight out of the 90s, we're talking like it looks like a GeoCity site. Um, (laughs) You can even see photos that people have taken on tours. So like I definitely clicked to the one page and uh, a MIDI file downloaded on my computer, (laughs) some kind of music that was trying to play. But I will say something that they had on there that was kind of scary that I'm going to try to work now is um, an EVP session that automatically plays when you click on this one section to like look at the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to I'm going to try to I'm going to share my screen. I don't know if I need to share my screen, but I'm going to share my screen for this. And we're going to share see, away. We're going to see if we can get it to play because it was interesting that it's supposedly the ghost of Mc- Henry McPike himself, I think. Yes. Can you hear that? Yes. Did, did you hear that? That's weird. It said Henry. Yeah, I did. I did. That was weird. It was like, yeah, I don't like that. That's so creepy. (laughs) Anyway, so I'll put the link. um, I'll put the link in like probably. Well, I'll have to put it on Twitter. I can probably I'll put it somewhere so people can go check it out themselves because that is just like there's photos and stuff you can look at, too, which the photos are they're small and it's kind of hard to see stuff. But on on there, but I love that EVP thing was worth listening to okay that's crazy yeah that's like pretty it seems pretty like like that's what it is you know yeah yeah it was it i don't know like obviously it could probably be faked but i it was hard to tell because of the way that the audio was embedded you know like where where the file comes from but right pretty creepy to me okay so we're gonna get into the ghost adventures episode love me the ghost adventures and again, as one as what happens when I try to look up a lot of these episodes, I get conflicting information on which season it's in. So according to the Travel Channel app, which is where I watched it, it was season 20, episode 17. But the article that I found it through was listening it as season 17, episode 11. So IDK. <laughs> <laughs> but we start out with obviously Zach and his dramatic narration, which is 
one of the best parts of the show. Well, of course, it's how you have to start off things. And he definitely says that many of the McPike family lived and died within these walls. Oh my and gosh, he that's so starts, great. He starts, they start pretty much right away on the property. Like they don't talk, like sometimes they just start out in the town and they'll give a little history about the town and, you know, do some fun like B-roll and stuff. But they start right on the property and he's talking to the owner, Sharon. And she was saying that they have a shaman on site um, and the shaman's name's Sandy. And so she was like, Sandy wants to talk to you guys. So they go over and talk to her and she's warning the crew about the spirits inside. She said, there are more than 10 spirits in this house. And she said, most of them are friendly or nice, but just like a living person, they can be angered by someone and they'll retaliate if you anger them. Oh, so yeah so after getting this info there for whatever reason i guess they're just getting this feeling they postpone the interviews to start doing like an investigation right away like they go inside the mansion and i was like i wrote because that's apparently the logical thing to do like they go in there (laughs) by themselves and so they start off with an evp session and zach's confronting the spirits about a story sandy told them outside where she said she was in there one time walking around and she notice blood and she realized that there was blood dripping down her arm but when she went to look for a wound to see where this blood was coming from she couldn't find the source of the blood so there was like creepy yeah so she was like not hurt but there but she was bleeding it was really weird so he starts asking the spirits about whether they like her or why they are, are going around harming people And then I don't know what else has happened. Maybe this was in editing, but he starts asking them about what they're doing to Aaron's heart. And I put in my notes, WTF. (laughs) I don't know. And then he goes, I'm really charged up right now. (laughs) Like, Yeah, you seem so buddy. But yeah, so they're, this is like not even the investigation investigation yet. This is just their like, they stopped interviews to go in and do this EVP session. So then they do a spirit box session, session right away and several voices come through, um, including one saying, he, 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 like it's laughing. Like it literally says he, he, he. And then- I don't everyone, like ghosts that laugh. No, me neither. And everyone's kind of like feeling this charged energy and they're feeling it in different ways. And so Zach's like, oh, like a different spirit is affecting each person or whatever. And Billy says it feels like he's being tased. And then something <laughs> seems to charge at Zach's back. He says it's like um, total chaos in there. And he was like saying it felt like he was being pushed out or something like it's something didn't want him there. Uh, and then as they're all, they're all kind of just like running through this house, but it's funny because none of them try to go out like through the front door. They're just kind of like running aimlessly from whatever is, is supposedly attacking them. Um, and then he says, to them he's like i feel like we don't know the whole story and his voiceover goes this building is full of lies um it's like you know dramatic pause and then he's like thinks that one of the nice spirits is just masquerading as a nice spirit but is really something much darker and i don't know what his basis for this is but he says that and so then they go back outside and talk to the owner sharon some more because apparently recently like within the past few weeks of filming this episode or whatever they had found a crypt on the property that they didn't know was there um so when she shows them it's all broken into pieces and creepy as fuck and she says they also found a child's crypt 
that was intact, but there's no remains in either crypt. So she says there's definitely unfinished business at McPike Mansion, and Zach thinks that the crypts have been vandalized, which is directly affecting the paranormal activity in the house. And I don't know if I put this in my notes, but later he comes back to he thinks the crypts have been vandalized by people who were there to do some kind of like demonic rituals. Um, which Ooh, that's not good. Well, it's not good, but also it's like I feel like they always jump to that when there's that's true. That's true. Not like necessarily a ton of evidence she did say sharon did say that there they had found evidence that people had like done rituals there but also how do you tell the difference between someone painting a sigil on the wall because they're trying to summon the devil or just kids being dumb you know like that's true but anyway they come back the next Same day to, to do their full investigation and the team talks about how they all had nightmares that night like they went home and everybody had nightmares oh and Billy says whatever came to him in his dreams that the entity was not human. Oh, it wasn't human. Oh, yeah. creepy. So then they talked to this uh, woman named Beth, who was also plagued by nightmares after visiting the mansion. She said like it affected her emotionally, like the being there would affect her emotions. And then she confessed also that something had followed her home and would visit her in her room at night yeah i that's a big i just that's terrifying to me yeah i don't like that at all so then before the investigation they bring sharon and beth around and play the voices from their spirit box session the night before to see if they recognize anything um so yeah and then i wrote here that sharon confirms that people have broken into the house to do rituals and she has well she said she has found evidence of animal sacrifices so whether that's like you know who knows what that means but they're one of the voices that they play for them is a voice saying you need me and sharon says in response to this that she had been told there was a lady spirit in the house who wanted some truth to be known and probably in relation to a child so we don't know what that's about Mm -hmm. could be about his mcpike's wife who you know had the baby and then died shortly after could be someone else or you know who knows so they start setting up their nerve center And as they're doing that, Zach says he hears this noise that's like a horse and carriage, um, like being pulled through the area. And so they, they decide to not go inside right away and start investigating the grounds along the various paths. And one of the voices that had come through on the spirit box the night before had been telling them to take the path. And that keeps coming up again and again, like, you know, they like to bring it up to see how it all comes together. Right. So they're outside doing all this investigation and Aaron feels something touch him and a device in his pocket goes off when he pulls it out it's like the ovulus but it has like this new feature that it detects the energy around him and the emf spiked around when he was being touched they then smell what they say smells like a rotting corpse right beside the crypt even though the remains are gone so they're like asking whose crypt it is and the ovulus comes back you know that's the one that has like the dictionary of words inside and it comes back Mm -hmm. with the word poltergeist so which is not an answer to the question they asked but also like creepy so then they go inside and they're doing some more investigating they pull the sls camera out which is the one that picks up like the stick figures you know um and so billy says that one is insane right like and i don't understand how it works and i'm I'm going to bring this up again because I'm still hella mad about it. But when we, we were on that ghost tour in St. Augustine, um, they had an SLS camera. I was like, finally, I'm going to get to see how one of these works. And that fucking kid was hogging it the whole time. And I didn't get to see it once. Asshole. <laughs> anyway, 
whatever. I'm just a little bitter about that. Yeah, I would be too, man. That's like the coolest thing ever. Right. So Billy is like saying he feels like there's a mom and dad spirit nearby. And right when he says that, a smaller figure pops up next to this big figure that was right there. Oh, no. Yeah. And then, and then something, then he goes, he's like, something just flicked my ear. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's a that's funny as hell i'm sorry if a ghost flicks your ear that's really funny yeah i mean that's just like a fun ghost yeah so then they go up to the second level and aaron feels like something around his neck and so he's like saying something touched his neck or affected his neck or i don't know whatever so zach feels it and he's like oh there's a bump here and it's like it's swelling up Ooh. so he's worried about that so he goes outside for a few and when he goes outside and comes back his neck is completely normal after that Hmm. So it's like, it like was only there for, well, he was in there. You know what I mean? Here for a good time, not a long time. Right. So Zach says, and something is affecting him like that, that he should go up to the third floor with the spirit box by himself. Because of course he always of says, of course, I mean, something's giving himself. you a hard time. Definitely go poke it. Right. Right. <laughs> but it just like, it makes me laugh because he's always sending Aaron who's like, has, historically always been this most scared one to like go by himself like obviously he's gotten a lot better but like when they first started off Aaron was always like the most scared and he like didn't want to do any of the stuff he's like oh so you should definitely go to the attic by yourself (laughs) (laughs) um so so Aaron goes up there and he's like who's getting hurt and then a voice comes over and says you (gasps) and I wrote yikes in my notes because I'm getting the fuck out of there if something is telling me I'm gonna get hurt right no I'm out um, so meanwhile, Zach and the other guy, and I wasn't sure I wrote, I wasn't sure if it was Billy or Jay, I just don't remember. They're on the first floor still. So they hear something move above them, like footsteps or whatever. And they actually feel, you know how like in an old house, if someone's walking hard on the second level, you'll feel like dirt or dust come down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So they get like dirt and dust on them. But Aaron's on the third floor. So whatever was walking up there, they like had a camera going and there was nothing there, but it picked up the noise. So it wasn't Aaron, but it was oh, something, creepy. you know? Um, yeah, it was really creepy. And enough to make like the dust move down and stuff. Yeah. So it was definitely like something walking hard on the floor, but you couldn't see it. And then Aaron is still doing his spirit box session. So he gets a voice coming through that saying, he's here all ominous like and he's like who's here and um a different voice comes back and says old man oh yeah so then they go back outside to the crypt because zach has this like idea that he wants to set up this experiment so he does this like triangle thing which i don't really understand but he uses his phone and billy's phone and a bluetooth speaker and they like create this like triangle of like devices i don't know and then they go back inside to ask questions and a voice, a woman's voice comes through the Bluetooth speaker, which is what they have set up like at the crypt or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was weird. But anyway, they, uh, after a couple of responses from like this woman voice, then a growl comes over the speaker. Oh, anytime you get that growl, it's, it's no good. Yeah. No good. I'm out. Growl, growling, growling's a bad sign. <laughs> so this is kind of like a lot has happened in this episode already so they're going back on the side and zach starts walking up the stairs to confront whatever like this darkness is you know because he's getting real mad about the the darkness and uh he starts talking to it but (laughs) as he's doing this 
a bat flies out of there mm. right at his head and he almost falls down the stairs. That's amazing. Which like would be really bad if he had fallen because he would have gotten pretty hurt. But it was just funny <laughs> because like they didn't know, you know, what was happening. And you see on the camera, this bat just flies out and literally right at his head. Oh my gosh, I would shit my pants. Right. So after that, he like recovers from that a little bit. And then he and Aaron go in one last time to try to do whatever it was they were doing before. But as they're like doing this, Zach starts doubling over like he's got this stabbing pain in his ribs and so I think I don't know if they call it there or there was just so much stuff that like they kind of end the episode there and his like he does his little voiceover thing at the end but yeah that was pretty much the whole um McPike Mansion episode and I feel like dude if there was so much stuff in there I wonder what they cut you know yeah like what's obviously these investigations last several hours and they have to condense it down into like you know 42 minutes right here on tv so it's like i want to know Ooh. like what else happened there because it's yeah like it's a pretty active place wow what ollie's getting frustrated now he's like bringing me toys and i'm not playing so he's like <laughs> making these little noises at me bad mom yeah get down but anyway so yeah that's mcpike mansion it's apparently that's hella crazy. haunted you definitely can go tour it. Um, you just have to, I think you have to buy tickets online in advance or whatever because I was, of COVID and stuff. They limit the tours now to like 25 people. I was just going to say we should go there sometime. We should because Illinois is not the far away. I mean, it's no. at the bottom of Illinois though. So I don't know if uh, it would take a way. But yeah, we should sometime. I mean, there's places here in Ohio that I want to go. I, we still haven't been yeah. to um, Mansfield Reformatory. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Especially, I think around Halloween, they have like special events going on. We should try to go around Halloween, unless it's like a haunted house, and then then I don't want to do that. No, I don't no, want to no. do a haunted house inside a real haunted place. I mean, I don't like those haunted house things anyway because I don't like it when people jump out at me. But I don't want to do one in the dark inside a real haunted house. That sounds like not a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. That sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Right. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, well, I will say that it's seven, seven hours away. So that's not super far. I mean, that's not super far, but yeah, it's, as sounds, it sounds pretty haunted, man. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, if you've ever been to McPike mansion, or if you've been to any haunted building and would like to share a ghost story with us, or if you have known anyone who was potentially killed by the mob, you can send this, or, you know, email. where off as buried. Right. Um, and where should they send that email, Leanne? They're going to want to send that email to boozeandghoulspod at gmail.com. That's booze, A-N-D, ghoulspod at gmail.com. That's right. You can also find us on Twitter at boozeandghouls or on TikTok and Instagram at boozeandghoulspod. And I do want to remind everybody, um, I left it up for a week, but I did put the poll on, on our Twitter and it's our pinned tweet as to whether you'd like us going forward to be doing every other week or seasons of episodes and like seasons would kind of work in that we would have a determined a predetermined amount of episodes and then it would air weekly so I didn't know if like if anyone was confused about that but yeah so either way um we just might change up the format a little bit and um also you can rate and review us on iTunes for sure for sure we'd love we'd love a good five-star review 
Yeah, give us a little a little love, if you will. Apparently, you can also rate now on Spotify. So go ahead and yes, give us five stars great. there too, if that's where you listen. And mm, then we're also well. on uh, Stitcher and several other places, uh, wherever you get your podcast. We're most likely there. If you are wanting to listen and you listen on a platform that we're not available on, drop us an email and let us know and I will see what I can do about that. And I will encourage Alana to see what she can do about that. Because I know <laughs> absolutely nothing about technology. I mean, that's not true. Like, I can, like, open up the computer sometimes and turn it on and stuff. I'm not useless, Alana. You could send an email. Um, yeah, I can send an email for sure. You for know what sure. you, what else you can do is you can post memes to Instagram. Shit, I know. I'm so bad about that. I always say I'm going to, like, put it in my phone. And then I don't. Um but I really, I, and I have some save too, that I save when I see things and I'm like, Oh, the people will think this is funny. <laughs> the people. <laughs> oh shit. I mean, um, I guess until next time, stay boozy friends.